2: keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Hello and welcome to The Spark Parade, a show where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Ons at Spark Parade on all social media. So very happy you could join me. So, my guest today is singer songwriter Tuello, who spoke to me about the inspiration she's drawn from Roald Dahl's classic young adult book, The Witches. No surprises here. It's a great chat. When are my chats not great, I ask? Never. Is the answer. Uh, Tuello talked to me about reading and loving Roald Dahl's books when she was a child in South Africa. We spoke about children's authors like Roald Dahl refusing to talk down to their readers and insisting on putting challenging, sometimes even frightening material into their books. Uh, listen, you're going to love it. So here it comes. Uh, well, first... Quick Twello facts. Twello is a singer and songwriter who blurs the lines between punk, soul, and rock, drawing inspiration from the great traditions of South African protest music and the polyrhythms and tonalities of her native Swana and Khoikhoi tribes. Tuello's sound is triumphant rock bursting with fantasy, big drums, heavy guitars, and her ever-present wailing voice. Her debut studio album, The Life of Margaret Cornelius, was just released on February 11th. Ah, quick facts about The Witches. The Witches is a British children's dark fantasy novel by the British writer Roald Dahl. The story is set partly in Norway and partly in England, and features the experiences of a young English boy and his Norwegian grandmother in a world where child-hating societies of witches secretly exist in every country. The Witches are ruled by the extremely vicious and powerful Grand High Witch, who arrives in England to organize her plan to turn all of the children in England into mice. The Witches was originally published in 1983, and it had illustrations by Quentin Blake, who had previously collaborated with Dahl. It is one of the all-time top children's novels, but initially received mixed reviews. And there you have it. Without further ado, here comes my chat with Twello about The Witches. So the uh, the jumping off point is always the origin story. So, do you remember uh, reading or becoming aware of the witches for the first time?
3: Okay, so oh my gosh, why? I, I partially because love this book. It's because I by by the time I read it, I'd read all of Roger's um Well, not all, but at least six, seven of his books, and I was really addicted. And I I think I'm about eight eight or nine by then that I read the witches we weren't allowed to read it because it was for the higher grades
1: um
3: to read that book but the library so I grew up on a desert like the beginning of the desert in South Africa (laughs) and I hated school and the library was my saving grace that was where I hid I didn't have friends at all. I was slightly bullied. It's very difficult to bully someone like me. So I can't say kids outrightly bullied me, but they ostracized me. So I kind of lived in the library and the library teacher there was the kindest person. And so by the age of eight, nine, um, I could explore anything at the library. I was a regular, I was well known by everyone of the libraries. So
1: hmm.
3: no one prevented me from reading it, even though you know we weren't allowed. So I actually didn't take it home. We could take you know books home. I did, I couldn't take it home. So I would go and read it at the library and sit. So the during break time and everyone was playing, I'd go to the library and just sit and read books. And so yeah, I remember this particular library. I still remember how it looked like. I know where like when I picked it, where I sat reading this book. And yeah, I I just loved it so so much. I also you know now realize that I love Rodar's writing style in general. I hmm. just really love it because I see it in my music more than anything because I I write stories. My songs are mini stories of things. And so when I read it, I grew up with like a grandfather who would tell us all of these folk tales, scary horror stories and like about giants, about all of these like African folk tales. So when I read this in a lot of the World Art books, they really depicted the things I heard at home. And also the idea that my people are not particularly superstitious, but we are <laughs> so it had all of the all of those tales um going on so I just yeah it was really cool and witches are a huge part of our culture like we we learned from a young age that there is such a thing as a witch mm. <laughs> and, and you're told I mean my mother at least told us we couldn't be bewitched she was like at school they said a witch is a person who doesn't do the right thing. In Botswana, I'm Botswana from South Africa, but um, there's a whole country called Botswana, which
1: is, it's a <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs>
3: um And so, you know, my mother was always just like, the thing about witches, you are your own witch. Like you can bewitch your own self. Don't let anyone bewitch you. And so like, it's, it's literally this book. <laughs> mm. You know, it's this boy who has... The resourcefulness and courage and bravery, like he bewitched himself, like no a witch couldn't get the better of him, um including his grandmother and all of that, but um, yeah, so, yeah, that's why,
2: yeah, it's that that time in. Uh, my life as well. I think in a lot of kids' lives where, you know, when, when I was little, I, I was taken to the library a lot by my parents, but I think there's something very specifically magical about being able to go to a school library and just have complete control over what you're reading, you know, wandering around and trying to find books that appeal to you, those kinds of things and doing it all independently um, and kind of being able to develop your own tastes. And um, yeah, it was not like a, a secret thing because obviously there's librarians watching you and you know but so yeah that that time that uh, you telling that story is very evocative of um, yeah that that time in my childhood as well yeah I think uh, that idea of inserting your independence and that's kind of uh, a theme in Roald Dahl's books of children having agency and being able to kind of make decisions for themselves and often showing adults as (laughs) wicked and and kids as the heroes. (laughs) Um, so that all, uh, brings back memories for me too, in terms of the story of, of the witches and in, in general and in Roald Dahl's writing, one of the things that appealed to me as a kid was that they were very obviously children's books, but had a lot of dark shit in them. Like very, I don't know if any of it was really scary, but just stuff that kind of made, even as a, a child, I was like Wow, this is in a kid's book. Hmm. Right. Yeah.
3: Which is what kind of I was looking for because kids' books typically don't have that, you know, Mm. they, and there's always another side in life and there's like a whole thing going on. And I I really love that there was a kind of a maturity, but you can tell that he wrote kids' books for adults too. Mm. So, it was really pleasing for me because I grew up... When I was a child, I grew up in a kind of a politically... A political upheaval. This is the end of apartheid. There's a coming towards the end of apartheid. It comes into the end of apartheid as I'm a child. I grew up with parents who were active in what you call the struggle in South Africa mm-hmm. for freedom. And I already was mature in that way, that we already knew as children... You can't talk to specific people. I was very aware of my surroundings. Mm-hmm. I was very aware of what people said, what people did. And so I loved Roald just because, you know, all of these themes are there that I know to be true, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I really, really, like. Really, I love it in that way. Yeah, adults can read it and go. Yeah, I know. You
2: know. Yeah, I think all of that is is right on. You know, he he was not the greatest guy in real life and had a lot of you know problems. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think this one particular aspect maybe you know it was part of his kind of gruffness and. Um, it's like not wanting to uh not suffering fools gladly i guess yes, um yes. also just kind of being a dick but the yeah, the idea general. the idea in his writing that he he didn't want to patronize children he didn't want uh children's books that were just like fluffy nonsense and he treated children like they were uh, ready to read stuff that was a bit challenging and, uh, you know, m- making his books have real darkness in them in, in addition to being, like, you know, fun children's stories. And I think every one of his books has some element like that.
3: Yeah, I had the pop-up of the Crocodile book that he had, and all of those had characters that, and in, even our folk tales always have characters that warn you, that tell you that, uh, you know that are not necessarily nice, that are also layered in character in the crocodile book. It's like a caterpillar or something of that sort. Hmm. Or a fly, if I'm not mistaken, I, don't. I can't remember really. But I do remember that the fly was called a pest. And he said, you know, I'm not a pest, I'm a musician. <laughs> and for me, like, as a kid, I was like, huh, look, the pest can be a musician. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'd already... And, and, gotten to understand that there's so many layers in in a character in Mm -hmm. a person that just this one part of it can't be judged and you see that in a lot in in a lot of the stories that he you know speaks about i mean including i think that the this the witches where you know this boy is becomes a mouse Mm -hmm. and and never turns back into a human being again. <laughs> right. And it's so pleasing. Like I I will tell you this, when I was a child reading it, I I had such bad dreams for days. <laughs> mm. And you know what I mean? And I read it at least ten times, I swear. Right. I still continue you have to read it again and read it again and read it again. But the first time I was horrified, but I couldn't put it down. I needed to know whether he turns back into, you know, this person. I needed that closure. Um, and it, so I was talking to Kevin, who's like, you know, my musical partner. And so we would like, have a conversation about this earlier. And I was telling him, he was like, Oh, I don't know the stories. So I'm telling him about this whole thing about, you know, this boy turning into a, a mouse and never turning back.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And, and and I was just like, oh, man, you know, like it really scared me. But I really loved the idea that at the end, you know, the boy says, it doesn't matter how you look like, someone will love you. Right. You know, something of that sort. But, like, you see it in the Big Friendly Giant. You see it in, like, all of these other stories of his that like, there's just, you know, you can't just judge something like this. Right. <laughs> like a mouse a mouse could be a person <laughs> you
1: know, yeah
3: I'm, I'm also like a very crazy person where i dream of cartoons but, you, know, <laughs> <I> dream- <laughs> you know so um yeah you know, i can understand it maybe others won't
2: yeah that ending um i think it is it, like i've read articles that have said it's notable because it's one of, if not the only ending to his books that doesn't have like a clear cut, really happy ending, you know, the, there isn't a a resolution that makes it feel like a fairy tale ending, but it's still kind of presented as a happy ending and, you know, not only saying uh, someone will love you no matter what you look like. But also his decision to stay a mouse is because his grandmother is 86 and she's like, Oh, you'll only live eight more years, but so will I. So we, and he's like, Oh, I don't want anyone to take care of me besides you. So we can just die together in eight years. And it's like grim. Horrific. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I love it.
3: If you get a chance to listen to like my record, (laughs) I have, Honestly, I'll come to a show or something. Um, I think it's also because of like, I write from like my life experience that has been tumultuous in some parts. I really write from a place of like I'm trying to discuss injustice, trying to not to be sane, to continue to be sane, <laughs> and just like putting everything I know out there. Um, and sometimes it may come off as painful, you know. But I think I think if you follow into the story. You find out like the good of it, <laughs> you know. Like the, the, there's always good in painful situations. Like my family's had the experience of having to run away for political reasons, or all that kind of thing, and, and get back. But um, you know, I, I always say to people, you know, like when you're a refugee, like sometimes refugees laugh even on the way, even in a terrible situation. It's hard. To let people know about that and hope they still have empathy mm-hmm. and understand that people are still struggling. But I also kind of want to let people know that even within a struggle, there's moments of happiness or laughter, or it's it's the same as a boy wanting to say a mouse and dying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also, just, you know, that I think it's part of. Life, but it's also part of interesting storytelling that, you know, even if you have something that's a fairy tale or a children's story or just something that's supposed to be uh, generally light entertainment, having nuance and also understanding that real life, the the real world isn't always perfectly happy. And sometimes everything is terrible. And even in, as you said, in those terrible moments, there can be laughter and light and in the happiest moments the you know the opposite can be true um that you know the happiest moments can be infused with sadness so having that emotional complexity and especially in children's literature where you know the i think generally the idea is supposed to be oh they're innocent and it should just be very simple and and nothing bad should ever happen and it's like you know, I, I think that does kids a disservice because, first of yeah. all, it's, you know.
0: Kids know.
2: Right. And it's it's assuming that they are so innocent that they're not aware of anything around them in the world. And also yeah. it's saying to them, let's prepare you for the world by giving you this completely false idea of what's going to happen.
3: Then you're just going to be an adult who breaks down every time something happens.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. So, right. Yeah. <sighs> Can't handle I mean, the outside world. This. Yeah. Just like uh, curled up under the duvet forever. Yeah. I also like not just the way that those kind of darker themes are in, infused in Roald Dahl's stories, but I'm thinking of like specific just uh, sort of set pieces. I don't know if that's what you, you say for books, um, but uh, moments where like, it, did you read Matilda? The Chokey in Matilda, the like, essentially the Iron Maiden, like uh, for anybody who hasn't read that book, it's like a closet where the teacher locks the kids and it's like full of broken glass and nails and stuff. So they have to stand perfectly still. And I remember reading that, you know, when I was a kid, I read Stephen King books and, and stuff like I was reading much more hardcore stuff. And I remember reading Matilda and just being like, oh, my God, Um so yeah, it's pretty crazy.
3: Yeah, I I do like really appreciate that idea that you know there's layers to to certain things. And so when I after we ran away, I got back to town and never watched cartoons again. Like mm. from that moment on, I I was like, these kids don't know anything about <laughs> suffering. <laughs> I was a kid. I was like, these kids don't know life. Like, you know, I, I like, I experienced so much of what most children don't experience at that point. And I was just like, these cartoons are lying to children. Like, mm. you know, There's just so much more to, than just like being so silly, you know. Right. I was that child. I was just that child who... Um, I I remember, so I ended up being homeschooled hmm. after that. Um, but I went to school like four years after we got back to town, and I could not stand it, hmm. you know. And I also realized that, like, <laughs> some of the kids there were just like, "Oh, she's haughty! Like, who does she think she is?" Hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I was just like. You are a baby. <laughs> you, know, you don't know that your parents are suffering. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I was, I was going through that whole realization. And so, like, I, I could still read roll R and like go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, witches was nothing to me. I could read it a million times and go, yes, the boy, you know, understands at the end that this woman who's his grandmother is a specific type of a person understands that she there is death mm. and like that's like at such a high level of maturity that you know when i got back to town i was like you don't even know your parents are suffering <laughs> you nagging your parents to be honest like if you ask my mother um i write i wrote a whole song about her But he asked my mother. She's like, she was such a perfect child. Like, and I'm talking about throughout childhood, teenagehood. I was that kid who was like, you don't understand. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you don't, you don't understand. Like, these people cry too. Like, you know, I'd Hmm. say to my brothers and sisters, you don't know. They're human beings. You know. They, they're crying every day. Like, they're trying to make sure we survive.
2: Like, that, that was the other thing about this ending, that it's not just about, you know, someone will love you. It's not just about, you know, the enduring love between a, a grandparent and their grandchild and wanting to live and die together. It's also like, oh, and we're going to spend the rest of our lives traveling the globe and killing, finding and killing witches. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean,
3: it's great. Yeah. You know? <laughs> This is like superhero stuff. <laughs> right. It's um yeah. It, I mean, this boy starts start off being like the super brave, courageous boy, and gets better and better and better as the story goes on. I told you, I was a super good kid.
1: Hmm.
3: I loved like themes that that encourage being good. I also think my my parents hypnotized me. I don't. Like, <laughs> like i don't know what they did like i I think they they did something (laughs) i was very into being a good person Hmm. i think my brothers and sisters in general when we you know talk about childhood we're always just like oh my gosh we were the best kids you know and they feel like that about themselves too (laughs) so i really loved books that that also always kind of encouraged being good.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, in general, like African folk tales are always telling you about the good and bad, right. and that you should choose good. And so, um, yeah, I just really, really. I love that about this book it starts off wanting to do good
2: yeah yeah and you know i think that's another really important part of all of this is it's like being honest with children having you know light and darkness all of the complexities of the literature and all of that stuff but just having this core warmth um you know feeling like you're being encouraged and that there's this uh it feels uplifting when you're reading it as a, a kid it's not like even when there are dark things happening even when there's kind of scary things happening the end of those books always makes you feel like yeah i can do yeah. it yeah, it's,
3: it's really great but like with a grim storyline it's even better. Like it hits you in a way that it's not outright, but you can love it like I do the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. It tells you so much about life and how to function and how to navigate your way yeah. in that way. And so, like, even though it doesn't outright say are like, good, it gives you courage things like that.
2: So. just knowing that. There are people in the world, even if there are tons of people who don't like you for whatever reason, for whatever part of you that's out of your control, there are still people who will love you. There are still people who will see you as a capable person who, you know, will give you opportunities, whatever. And, you know life is full of good and bad, just like those books are. So those things may not happen all the time. They may not happen for every person, but just having that kind of optimism saying that, you know, those moments of good and happiness, even in the darkest times are possible. Um, and you know, it's a, it's a nice idea to, to have as a kid for, for anyone. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Yeah.
3: I mean, a, a, a cool book. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty glad. I actually um, went to look up the illustrator mm-hmm.
2: for it. Yeah, um, Quentin Blake.
3: Yeah. I love illustrations. Obviously, I draw my own crazy things. Like, I have a whole NFT gallery full of my madness. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like people should go and just look at it, just to look. Yeah. It. <laughs> it's all of these doodles. But I um, had to look up the illustrator. I love illustrated books. I still go into the children's like section and like, mm-hmm. look at new books and like check out the illustration and just like marvel, you know, at all of those things. Um, but like, he ended up being like a super, super famous illustrator. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. Do you know I mean? <laughs> I, mean, I just like went to look it up today and I was like, oh, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, he was knighted or something. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and because I remembered the crocodile book that I had, and I was just like, You know what I loved about it? It was just those simple, simple drawings that I felt my mother could draw, you know, and yeah. at the same time, super cool it was, it was really, really cool. it just worked out with his his kind of writ in writing, you know, like draw. he just had like this this grittiness in in writing children's books and it has that, like the illustrations depict kind of that you know, just going to draw this just to show you, but the book, you know (laughs) the story's really in the writing Um, and I just really, I kind of appreciate the illustration in like all of those books. Yeah, the simplicity of it, the kind of felt like sketches in a way just kind of painted slightly sketches, but all really on point. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Really, really cool.
2: I, I was just also reading um, the, the fact that you bring up Quentin Blake's uh, knighthood. Roald doll refused, I think, an OBE um, because uh-huh. he wanted to have... Uh, to be knighted because he wanted his wife to be Lady Doll, and it never happened. So he must have. <laughs> that must have been. A, I, I don't know if Quentin Blake was um, was knighted before Roald Dahl died, but um, I'm sure he would be extremely annoyed about that. <laughs> as, you know, primary collaborator. I uh, mean,
3: not that the man didn't have everything in the world. yeah. You know? like, yeah. You know what I mean? He had plenty. <laughs> oh, God. Goodness, you know, this is why I can't stand, so every time I hear a new band, mm-hmm. that I'm like, oh, I really like it, I always go and listen to, like, their live shows on YouTube and watch them live, like, I'm fascinated by human beings in general, so mm-hmm. I kind of want to see how their eyes are moving, <laughs> their faces, I just... That's just weird thing. Hmm. Um, Like how they're feeling in the moment. Just so I can read whether I should buy a ticket to go and see. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be telling this to people who might go and look up my business. (laughs) (laughs) I really shouldn't. But I kind of always want to know if I'm seeing that. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, I'm like, if I play on stage with a specific band, they're really famous and even when I get to even play on stages with bigger bands, I don't want to know them. You mm-hmm. know, it's, I don't want to know them as human beings in case they, they turn me off. Mm-hmm. Like I I want to keep my love for them to, to remain that way. Because I have been on stages with people who I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to be on stage with that
1: person mm-hmm. or
3: this particular band. And then they like completely trashed my green room and, you know, like things like they were super mean or something of that yeah. sort. And I was just like, no, don't make me hate you. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Kind of a thing. Yeah. And yeah, so I, kind, I don't want to know about Rob
2: <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, kind of don't read like, anything about him because uh, oh, you're not going to like it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, I want to stay in my fantasy world yes. where I just know his books and I just, I don't want to know about his madcap character. Even yeah. though you can tell, you can, but you don't always think that a person who's writing something is actually as crazy as he's writing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You want to imagine, or rather, I want to imagine that you leave all of the crazy on paper.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: And you, do you know what I mean? And you move on in life. As a normal person, you know, yeah. I, everything I write is to get everything out, mm-hmm. but not to walk around being a horrible human being. You
1: know, yeah.
3: <laughs> I also not to walk around as things get better and I'm rising in the ranks to be like, but I should be knighted. I mm-hmm. should do this. This should be, do you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't the purpose to write.
1: Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. And,
3: and have millions. Be able to enjoy and sit and understand and grow and do all of that and become hello you know, become someone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And instead of like you know, like I want to be knighted. The, the purpose is to music. <laughs> yeah, right. it's too It's That that's the thing that I think. It, I but maybe you know, not everyone has that. Ugh. Yeah, I don't want to really know that. But ugh. gosh,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> This has been an absolute delight. Thank you so much for making time for me. Um, I really appreciate it. This has been so much fun.
3: Thank you. I appreciate you. It's been fun.
2: All right. Take care.
1: Thank you. You too.
2: Bye. Bye. Yay. Thanks again to Twello for talking to me. Her debut studio album, The Life of Margaret Cornelius, is out right now. Okay, uh, quick recommendation from me this week. Amy Schumer has a new Hulu sitcom called Life and Beth, which is an objectively terrible title. Let's just start with that. We can all agree that was a mistake. Um, But the show itself is really funny so far. The trailer was so bad and made the show look stupid, but it's actually really good. Amy Schumer plays a wine salesperson who's not happy with her life or her relationship, and I don't want to give anything away. And I've also only watched a couple of episodes so far, so I don't even know the whole story. So maybe the rest of it sucks. Uh, But I'm enjoying it so far, so uh, you should give it a little try if you are so inclined. And that's it for this week. Um, Follow me on social media at Spark Parade to get up-to-the-minute Spark Parade news. Just kidding. It's not that frequent. But um, you should still follow me. Outside of that, enjoy your week. Maybe buy yourself a little treat at some stage. You deserve it. And other than that, until next time, bye. Mm -hmm.